Really Weird Stuff is a holistic Twin Peaks podcast. That means we discuss each episode within the context of the series as a whole. In other words, spoilers abound. Okay, well, let's just get into it. All right, yay! <laughs> Slaves and Masters, S and M for short. I almost wrote it that way. No, no, oh, no. Wow. Intentional? <laughs> well, no. I mean, I was writing it a shorthand. I was like, okay, S and I'm like, no. Well, I don't want to write it that way. <laughs> it's kind of sexy. Yeah. Welcome to episode 23 of Really Weird Stuff. Today we're discussing an infamous one, Twin Peaks <laughs> Season 2, Episode 15, Slaves and Masters. Written by Harley Payton and Robert Engels, and directed by Diane Keaton. Uh-huh. Yes, oh, that one. Interesting, yes. Did yeah. you not know that till just now, Bruce? I just learned that. Oh, yeah. I thought we had referred to this as the Diane Keaton one. That's how it's often referred to. Uh, she had previously directed an episode of China Beach <laughs> and two Belinda Carlisle music videos. And that's all she'd done so far. Oh, this was before her Terrible Heaven movie or whatever? Yeah. Okay. Terrible Heaven? <laughs> it's just called Heaven. <laughs> just like Heaven starring Reese Witherspoon as a ghost. Anyway, I'm Jessica wow. Baxter. I'm Annie Malone. <laughs> and joining us to talk about this fun episode is my husband, Christmas. Bru- uh, I fucked up your- I fucked up your- Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> this is Eric Brugos. <laughs> Sweet Christmas, Brugos. <laughs> Sweet Christmas. Wow. <laughs> I'm happy to be here. This is a great episode. What a thing to talk about. I'm sorry. I feel like that's the first time in whatever, 25 years or whatever we've been together that I've messed up your name. Anyway, I don't think yeah. weird. You don't call me Chris very much, so... Yeah, yeah. that's what fucked me up. <laughs> Just to your parents and on this podcast. Right. right. Normally you call me Baby. Yeah. Baby Brugos. Baby Brugos. Baby Baby. <laughs> a <Maybe>. wide variety. <laughs> yeah, this one is a wacky. Mm-hmm. I tried to read a little bit about the process, and there wasn't a lot out there, but there was a quote from... Diane Keaton saying that she asked David for any advice, and he was basically like, you got this. He didn't want to have anything to do with it. At this point, he was done with Twin Peaks. He was like, no, thank you. I've washed my hands of this. He does come back, of course, in the end, but this is is a pretty pivotal episode in a lot of ways. It seemed very, I think, like, Lynchian, but maybe, like, you know, someone kind of mimicking Lynch. That's precisely what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Right. She clearly studied... She noticed that there's a lot of camera movement. Mm-hmm. She was doing that. There was a lot of stuff that tipped... It's not first-time director, but early director. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. 
This feels more amateurish. But I do like that she tries things, too. Yeah, I, I saw a lot of trying of things. Yeah. Yes, I appreciate that. It was that. kind of like mm-hmm. a student film trying of different kinds of shots that you don't normally do. Yes. Yeah. I think one thing she really noticed about David's style is his tendency to shoot things from unexpected angles, like angles you don't normally see. Mm-hmm. She does a lot of trying that. And doesn't always work. <laughs> right. It yeah. mostly doesn't. Oh, that's it does. cool. Like with the chess pieces in the beginning. It's like, a great, strong mean. intro. Yeah. I feel like yeah. that is a very Lynchian. And I don't even know how they did that. Did they even have cameras that tiny back then? I think maybe it was giant chess pieces. Because <sighs> you don't ever see like an establishing shot of the chessboard. You're just going through it. And they do look weird when you get up close. Like kind of rough looking. Like yes. maybe they're made out of foam or painted foam or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of shots uh, through things, like yes. through doors yeah. or through a mask. Yeah, right. Or that cool wood table mm-hmm. at the Blue Pine Lodge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She understands that motifs are necessary. <laughs> yes. And a lot of motifs this one. From unexpected angles. <laughs> and I don't know if this was an editing choice or her choice. Don't want to jump too much ahead, but she uses that like slowed down scream sound. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I noticed that. It was used in service to Malcolm and Evelyn stories. Yes. Right. Which is maybe the best thing that ever happened to that story. (laughs) (laughs) And Evelyn's uh, widow dress. Yes. Finally. It's like, like, why? I know. It's like, why did you dress like that when you were like trying to seduce someone? I mean, I guess it doesn't matter. She still seduced James in the hideous, like, pleated maxi skirt. But like. Somehow he's so easily seduced. Yeah, that's true. I intentionally framed you for murder. Let's make out. (laughs) Okay. As long as you say I taste good. Right. All right. Well, let's see. We've already sort of started. It opens on camera through chess pieces. And then it cuts to a pair of sexy legs. Yes, very sexy legs. <laughs> it's Evelyn. Evelyn's very 90s lace patterned black tights that mm-hmm. I love, and I think I had a pair of very yeah. similar. <laughs> really cool. Red nails, definitely a motif for bad news ladies. Right. Bad ladies. Bad ladies. Right. And yeah, it's Evelyn in her full widow outfit. With the black lace veil, a nice touch. Yes, I like it. I'm uh, glad you like it because you yeah. see it a lot. And then like a slinky black dress. Mm-hmm. It's very nice. Yes, finally something, something fits. that fits her well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she looks great. I feel like that was the first thing I wrote down was like, finally, Evelyn, much better outfit. Yeah, I wrote... Love her sexy widow dress. <laughs> totally. I wrote, this is honestly the best she's ever looked. <laughs> By a lot, yeah. Maybe her husband dying was a great thing for her. Sometimes when a husband dies, it can be I good, I guess. I think it's going to be good. I think she's going to be good now. <laughs> it was maybe a traumatic way for this to happen, but I feel like she's got that insurance money. Her abuser is dead. Her husband that she didn't love is dead. That's maybe not that great, but at least, you know, she gets money out of it. She's getting a fresh start. Fresh yeah, start, she Evelyn. Didn't end up framing that nice boy after all. That's true. That would have weighed on her conscience. Mm-hmm. I don't think it would have. I mean, when she talks to Donna, it doesn't seem like she has any... Well, maybe that she's not good enough actress to pull this off, but I feel like we're supposed to think she has. Oh, that's... Okay. Yes. All right. Some of the looks that she gives when Malcolm is fondling her. Ugh. Well, I think she just, just doesn't like Malcolm. I don't know. Obviously, it's supposed gross. to be really gross. Like, you don't have that hairline on a character so you want right. to be likable. And face squeezing. <laughs> yeah, he's a real face, face squeezer. That's big, the giveaway. Careful, Malcolm. I'm not sure I can tolerate a nervous co conspirator. 
So Malcolm is off camera crafting the narrative about James to this dumbest cop. The oh my dumbest God. cop, yes. <laughs> He's a drifter. He's probably long gone by the time Mr. Marsh pulled out of the driveway. Did he work here long? Mrs. Marsh hired him to fix the Jaguar. I love it. That's a real A cab moment. I love it. He's like, it like, is. I mean, also because okay, he can't spell Jaguar, so it just writes car, which is funny. <laughs> and then it's like, okay, we'll check there. Which is like the only thing a cop ever does, you know? It's, it's, it's like, we'll it's like it and then that's it. It's yeah. like, hi, my home was robbed. Okay, well, I'll write it down on paper and never follow up in any way, <laughs> right? Like, my husband was murdered and we told you the name of the guy who did it and where he lives. Well, check it out. <laughs> Bye. Three of us for some reason. Yeah, out of nowhere, there were three cops right. all of a sudden. Yeah, they and come they, through the door and they do a little shuffle. They walk yes, up they walk. Yes, they walk in lockstep. They're doing a six-legged race. Very this weird. is one of the things I liked. It's uh-huh. weird, and it's obviously weird on purpose, but I like it because it plays in with the A cab thing. It's like Keystone Cops, kind of. Right, <laughs> and then also it's setting something for like the weird thing at Hideout Wally's yeah. when there's like a row of people at the bar all in the same uniform and looking in this. It's yeah. just like I should I had a vision. Employees at the Great Northern, in right? The yes, matching uniforms, drumming. Yeah, people in uniforms. Yeah, people in formation. Information. Information. Yeah, because all the people at Hideout Wally's are smoking a cigar, looking in the same direction. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, they're like the exact, they're posed the exact Mm -hmm. same. And turn at the same, like everything they do. It's creepy. I don't know why it's really creepy in this episode. Like, it's real surreal. I love it. I want to go there. This Hideout Wally's is where Hideout Wally's, yes. Now it has like some (laughs) cool art. That's another motif of cool art. Yes, there is so much. My God, I want those paintings from Nadine's bedroom so bad. I love them. I want like a lot of the Blue Pine Lodge art (laughs) I saw. I just want to live in the Blue Pine Lodge, I think. (laughs) But maybe have a pantry that closes instead of that shelf. But so. At first, you see the three guys. So you see the three cops walk out, and then it cuts to three guys at the bar, which is, yeah. I think that's interesting. And then I like that the camera pans down, and there's three more guys exactly yes. identical. Very interesting. Weird. Then I think it kind of falls apart because she's obviously, Keaton's going for something here with the camera movement, following James and Donna, who just kind of appear, rush into the frame. I don't like the way they enter the frame. Yeah. <laughs> James. We can't get out of this by ourselves. We're going to need someone to help us. I didn't do anything. It feels brushed and awkward. Uh. But I do like that then the camera follows them to this corner. And then I also like <laughs> that the bartender is so weird. He's so strange, right? <laughs> Malcolm killed Mr. Marsh. I'm getting afraid. Pops up between them. Can I get you something, Miss Hayward? No, nothing. Obviously listening in. Right. He's... He interrupts them a couple times. Yeah. Just say a word. You want anything? <laughs> she told me that this was all a setup. Maybe you should just tell the police that too. You're sure? Yeah. You sure? No Miss Hayward is, is very weird. So my theory about this guy, and okay. I don't know if it's just like the guy had a line. He's like, I'm going to make the fucking most of it. I'm going to have right. a backstory. But it feels like this bartender is like, 
My job is so exciting because of the gossip. I live yes. for the gossip at Hideout Wellies. <laughs> <laughs> Something's finally going down with James and Evelyn, the whole Evelyn thing, and right. I need to be in the center of it. I need to know. I just really like that guy. That's true. Vibe. Like a lot of stuff. I mean, like James and Evelyn met at Hideout Wally's yeah. and then Evelyn and Donna had their little confrontation at Hideout Wally's. And or... he's been there for all of it. Yeah. You can put two and two together. I assume like, he heard about like Jeffrey James. dying, right? He does. Because I, I think then he like tips off the cop. Right, I think. And has the cop listen very obviously in on Donna's phone call. At least Donna right. notices that. Listen, I don't have a lot of time, but I think James is in trouble. Well, he, he's been working for this woman, uh, working on her car, and um, I think there's been this accident, and... Hi! How are you doing, Annette? Listen, I heard about your new boyfriend. Yeah! That's great, really! Good to hear it. Right. Yeah. Donna's fake conversation <laughs> is so funny. <laughs> Annette, I heard about your new boyfriend. <laughs> That's all a teenage girl would be talking about on the phone. And she's making like Nothing eye contact is... with the cop the whole time. <laughs> and then James. I love that. Oh, James, That's like some bad is fake he acting motif. <laughs> Who knows what James is ever supposed He's to be? He's playing with a paper umbrella. He's like so <laughs> mopey, moping around, and then he's playing with the umbrella in the weirdest way. Like, no, but that's yet another motif. It's like people are jerking things off <laughs> in this episode. <laughs> there's so much of like, like that one, and then there's the ice cream cone. What else? I didn't even notice the ice cream cone. I don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah, but like the soft serve. Oh right. <laughs> no, like Wyndham does it with his cudgel thing oh. and then also Josie when Josie is like rubbing her <laughs> off you can see everyone's so horny in this <laughs> No, that is funny. We'll get to that. One of the things I remember from this episode when I saw it 15 years ago for the mm-hmm. first time, I don't think I watched it like when it was first on TV. Right. I, I think I stopped you, watching it by You then. dipped out by yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. But when I watched it in college... I remember the paintings of people in a bar in Hideout Wally's. They were obviously like made just for. Yes, episode. they weren't there before. Yeah. They were there before. They're kind of surreal. And I saw it on a small TV, mm-hmm. and it almost looked like they were a map painting of a bar. Like, oh. like they're meant to like add extras in a bar that didn't have any. <laughs> <laughs> but in a real surreal, obviously not real way. It just yeah. kind of suggests that this is a place where people are. <laughs> yeah. There aren't people there, or the people who are there are like. Very strange. I remember it. It was like, it, it was a memorable way to decorate a set. They're very noticeable. Mm-hmm. Like you them. can't stop looking at them. Yeah. And it makes me want to hang out there. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's especially I'm... weird that it's like a blonde cowboy. I don't know. It's an unusual <laughs> it's way to go for yeah. a male blonde cowboy and then like a sort of pinup looking cowgirl or just lady. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. The good way to decorate a bar is just to paint a bunch of people at the bar. Like life-size people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She'd listen to me though. I know she would. Would she? Why? Got to shut the fuck up, James. James is the dumbest person on earth. <laughs> right. James is very dumb. And mm-hmm. Donna's like, uh, what do you need to tell me? Yeah, maybe it's like the best of a bunch of bad options that he has. Like, he can't mm-hmm. just run away. Yeah. 
There really aren't that many good options. You're right. Because they know who he is. And And we actually don't even know what happens with her call to Ed, if anything. Like, I don't think anything happens with it. She changes the call to being about an Ed. (laughs) I feel like James's option is tell the truth because he didn't do anything, right. you know, and he's pretty dumb. And <laughs> They'll be able to tell he's not lying. He has no motivation to kill this random guy. That is his option that I think he would go with, you know. Yeah. But I also think he's so dumb that he's like, no, Evelyn really loved me. That's why. She'll yeah. listen to me. She said she loved me. Even though she framed me for murder. Yeah. She said she'd never said that to anybody before. <laughs> <laughs> Funny wedding vows, right? Yeah. <laughs> you don't get married and nobody said I'd love you like come on that was such a silly thing to say yeah but James is so dumb he's like, so dumb there's, he did believe it I think right Whew. so then the cop buzzes back over to the bar and at the end of the scene all <laughs> of the men turn to him and address him in unison so weird what profession are those people I can't I don't tell. know you thought postal workers maybe Mm-hmm. A Reddit theory was bus drivers, but I was just like, <laughs> why would there be that many bus drivers in one place at, <laughs> in a small town? Yeah. But there might be that many postal workers. That seems but more it's likely. weird. It's probably just a costume they had enough of lying around. <laughs> Maybe they're Civil War reenactors. <laughs> oh my god. Then there's a chess set in the foreground. We're in the conference room at the police station. A lot of weird angles in this mm. scene. The low angle on Bobby and Shelly, the camera's like on the table. Yeah, they look like little <laughs> kids this way. They do, That's especially right. Bobby's like energy. Is <laughs> Bobby kid. rules. Where were you the night the mill burned? What's that got to do with this? Leo tried to kill you. Maybe you shot him. No way. I went to Shelly's house the night the mill burned down because I was worried about her. He was about to bury an axe in my head when Hank Jennings shot him through the window. You sure it was Hank? Absolutely. What's Hank's connection with Leo? I don't know, man. Why don't you tell me? This is slouchy sitting. I know. Bobby's doing his real. You remember he's a teenager. Yeah. I I love Bobby in this scene, right? (laughs) so funny. <laughs> yeah. Because he's been kind of a jerk the last couple mm-hmm. episodes of this. I'm like, oh, right. This is why we love Bobby. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's finally being a jerk to someone who deserves it. He's right. He's a jerk to Harry. Which yes. like, there is a real ACAP vibe in this episode that yes. you've got to respect Diane Keaton for that. I really laugh a lot when they're like, are you sure that Hank tried to shoot Leo? Well, he says, absolutely. is so funny. Absolutely. It's a really good delivery. <laughs> and also when they're like, what's their connection? He's like, you tell me, right? Like, come on. Yeah, right. I feel so much safer. Don't you, Shelly? Totally fair, because they're like, right. yeah, we'll watch you, Shelly. Now go home. And yeah, how are you going to watch me if you right. want me to go home? Right. I'm going to sign my deputies <laughs> 24 hours a day. Two deputies. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Working in shifts. Oh, yes, and then actually there's a fun fact about this episode is that it's the only episode to not feature Harry Goes and Michael Horse. Ah. So neither of their deputies are in this episode. They're not here. (laughs) As Bobby and Shelly leave. Shelly doesn't, does she even have any lines on this? I think she says like, thank you. And and then she's like, Bobby. Get a life, punk. Gentlemen, another trip on the Seattle to Twin Peaks show. Albert arrives. Yay. Oh my God. Such a good Everyone's in such good form. It's really good to see him. Albert, go. Yes, it has been a while. I love Albert. I love Albert. It seems like he's maybe seeing somebody romantically or something. Albert just got laid or something. He's so happy to see Truman. 
I love that they hug each other. That's it's a so good fun. hug. And it's not yes. even like a bro hug. It's like a real no. cool frontal hug. Yes. It's great. Albert's giving out hugs and, and shoulder pats and, and compliments. shirt bundles and yes. compliments. Yes. Yes. Great. Yes. And like he, ha- he has to explain something to Harry and he does it not patronizing, so you know? Yeah. yeah. Now his finger's pointing directly at this chest piece. How did Earl manage that with the, the rigor mortis? Well, not rigor mortis goes from head to toe, but after two days, it leaves the body from toe to head. So we waited for it to leave the arms and the fingers so they could be maneuvered onto the chessboard. Simple so things are going great for Albert in yeah. some way. Whatever's yeah. happening for Albert, I'm so happy for When him. he walks <laughs> in, he calls Bobby a punk. You like punk? Did Bobby say something to him that I missed? I think he knows Bobby already, right? Yeah, he's just met him before. <laughs> so he felt the need to yell. Yeah, he's just like... I think Bobby, be... like, bumped in him on purpose, uh, like, uh-huh. did the thing that Jessica does to me. Because <laughs> I'm such a punk. I mean, Next Bobby time you do that, I'm going to say, get a life punk. That's right. what my problem is. I believe that. He's a big, floppy teenager. Yes, he is. And his yes, facial awareness. For sure. But Albert's like, yeah, he might have done that on purpose. I don't know. If he didn't do it on purpose, he just didn't care that he did it. Or and maybe Albert smells nice. You know what? I feel like Albert probably smells good and that's why why he said get a life punk he smells good he joe biden albert (laughs) maybe i don't know it's a theory makes sense albert is there with orders from gordon to check on coop as he so succinctly put it i'm worried about coop a good impression McGilfer does kind of a little like smirk when he says it too. You could tell that both Albert and McGill were happy with that yes. David Lynch impression. <laughs> I enjoy that. It's a little meta. Mm-hmm. And he brought a map that forms a C pattern. Springfield, Kansas City, Lawton, Dallas, Jackson. Earl's been sending gift-wrapped packages to police departments and major law enforcement agencies. Each looks like a mail bomb, but they turn out to be harmless. The deliveries were paid for by a phony credit card signed Wyndham Earl. What's in the boxes? One article of clothing each. It's an extra He's Wyndham Earl. So pocket. extra! Yeah. Yeah, I was, My I, God! I just realized the C is for Carolyn. Oh, I thought it was or for Coop. Coop. Maybe it is for Carolyn, though. I bet it is for Carolyn, actually. Now that you Because everything else is about Carolyn. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. then the wedding stuff. One, a white veil. Two, a garter. Three, a pair of white slippers. Four, a pearl necklace. And finally, a white dress. But either way, it's extra. Well, he goes to so much cops, trouble. But like, they all had to call in the bomb squad because yeah. it looked like a bomb, but it was just wedding paraphernalia. Uh, yeah, he really knows the troll cops. He does. So, like, I mean, you're making me like you. And another trip on the Seattle to Twin Peaks shuttle is what Albert says. And yeah. I'm like, you can't mean that literally because <laughs> that's about a four and a half hour shuttle ride. That would be a long one. He's got a car. It's a metaphorical shuttle. Okay. <laughs> Albert's got a lot of great lines. He's got DEA and FBI, not to mention Mississippi, Oklahoma, and Illinois State Patrols looking for him. Everyone's invited to the party. But my guess is he won't dance with anyone but you, Coop. And then his whole thing about a Coop changing from dark suit to muted oh flannel. It's fashion suicide. Replacing a quiet elegance with the dark suit and tie with the casual indifference of these muted earth tones. It's a form of fashion suicide, but uh, call me crazy. I knew it works. But I knew it works. Oh my oh gosh, my God. Albert. Thank you, Albert. It's good. It's so nice to see the guy. Yeah. And then we get a sawmill transition to Wyndham Earl playing the flute for Leo. Oh, God, Wyndham. 
playing a real song, Questions in a World of Blue, by Julie Cruz. He's so clearly not really playing the flute. <laughs> it's very badly synced up with his mouth movements and finger movements. There's times when there's no sound and his mouth is doing stuff, and there's times <laughs> when there is sound and his mouth is not even on the flute. It's not good. That's an editing issue, I guess, but mm. sometimes you can't fix things like that. Like, what could they do? Yeah. They had a song for He's just not right? really you playing it. He fucked yeah. up. I like how he sat on the rock. I feel like another vibe in this episode is like regional theater. <laughs> he's kind of got like Puck in Midsummer Night's Dream yes. vibes. Oh, yes. In what? Yeah. It's like a prop rock. Maybe he robbed a regional theater. He must have robbed right. I mean, he has so much costumes, costumes and props. Like <laughs> He just took a U-Haul to the woods. He did? I know. He has so much stuff with him. It's weird. It's so weird. I know. He does so many things, and everything he does, he's very careful to leave no trace of himself. Like, it's impossible. <laughs> right. He did that. Yeah. He seems maybe a little magic. I don't know. Yes. Maybe that's Diane Keaton's goal, was to make him seem puckish. She was going for that. Mm-hmm. So he's like some sort of evil wood sprite. It is weird. Why is he in that weird, like, onesie? You know? <laughs> the, like, old man yeah. thermal onesie <laughs> thing. Like, nobody wears those. <laughs> but, like, why does he have Leo's picture in the shirt? Like, it's Yeah, like, he carries all his props over to so the... so weird. <laughs> over to Leo. <laughs> Leo's headshot. So you can have I know. It looked like he was wearing a Leo t-shirt <laughs> yeah, for a exactly. second. <laughs> Did he have a shirt made? He would do that. That would be funny. <laughs> yeah. He went that. to the all night Kinko's and had a t-shirt made. Matching t-shirts for him and Leo. <laughs> that might leave a trace. Right. If they would only think to interview the Kinko's guy. So he's so tedious in this scene. Right. You your wounds. You're on the mend. I've removed the proverbial thorn from your paw. <laughs> Leo. Leo the lion. Like, he doesn't say. He just says, I fixed you up. He probably was bleeding from the stab wounds. Oh, right, the stab wounds. Okay. And he does have a shiner in the same place Coop does, which I think is interesting. Not quite a motif, maybe, but a matching wound. And then he puts the shock collar on Leo and feeds him some mush. (laughs) I've made you some gruel. Feel bad for Leo at this moment when he's eating mush again. Yeah. Okay, I would almost feel bad for Leo, but I still don't because I just remember everything. I mean, Shelly's got a sling in this episode from an injury from Leo. Yeah. I mean, I feel a little bad when he hits him with the thing because it looks like he hit him really hard, like in his head. Did you know that in the 13th century in Japan, samurai were stripped of their weaponry, but they discovered that the aged and treated bamboo of their shakuhachi flute made an excellent cudgel. <laughs> I'm not saying... I'm team nobody in yeah, Leo exactly. versus Wyndham. Yeah, it's like, yeah. When he gets hit in the head, I don't feel bad for him. It's just the mush again. The oh, mush. weird. <laughs> it's like again with the baby boot. Poor Leo. Interesting. Like, I can totally chew. <laughs> then we're at the Hurley home, and it's Big Ed's big dumb face. <laughs> Post-coitus with Norma. It's been 20 years, babe. It's been 20 years, babe. One day we're talking about a graduation party and the next day we're here. And in between, 
Nothing but a world of hurt. God, this is the most depressing pillow talk of all time. I tried not to think about it. I just spent more and more time at the diner. Trying to make the place work. Because I had nothing else. We were open every day. So I wouldn't have to have another life. It is they like competing to bum each other out the most. <laughs> they kind of are. It's, like, it's like a conversation you have at a party with someone that you yeah. hate having, where they're like, yeah. like uh, something uh-huh. bad happened to me, and they're like, oh, something worse happened to me. <laughs> it's so sad. Oh, all my Christmases were a year of Mondays. A week of Mondays. <laughs> a week of Mondays. I turned all my Christmases into a. Week full of Mondays. I made all my Christmases a week of Mondays. Right. It get what he's saying, but it it's like it doesn't it's really fit. Yeah. <laughs> you know what it made me think of was the scene in The Return where he's just eating the soup. Yeah. I was like, is that a week, <laughs> That's of, Mondays? A week of Mondays? Right there. Yeah. Eating soup alone in your office. Yeah. At night. But it's because he's a chicken shit. Norma. You leave this scene thinking so that sad. they might be set. Yeah. Um, it's false hope. It's about the future now, Ed, and what we're going to do about it. We were open every day so I wouldn't have to have another life, says Norma, but it's so fucking sad. <laughs> I'm not going to feel bad for Ed, but it's right. really like his fault that happened, and I hate it. Yeah, I hate in general that kind of thing. I dated someone for six months when I was 17, and now I'll never get over him the rest of my life. You know, like, move on. Yeah. I don't like that at all. She tried, but it was not great. I don't. <laughs> she didn't try hard enough. Right. But at least she doesn't have stupid Hank in her life anymore. I'm happy for her in that regard. Right. She got him a turquoise and onyx bolo tie last I Christmas. Know. I bought you a present last Christmas. It was a turquoise and onyx bolo tie. I walked over to your house to give it to you. I don't know why I could go. He's That's there. a bolo. I know, does yeah. she still have it? She didn't give it to him. Maybe she still has it. Did she give it to Hank? Maybe he just found it and was like, oh, I'll wear it. It seems like something he would like. They have similar oh, yeah. style, actually. So Hank wears bolo ties. Maybe he's he yeah. wearing a turquoise and onyx. Oh, wow. See, that would be fun to watch if he has ever <sighs> worn that. Yeah, it yeah. would be fun. Listeners, if anyone knows, call in. <laughs> We're live. Wait, Wait oh, this is our live one. Oh, <laughs> uh, first time listener, first time caller. <laughs> Switch that. Was that on purpose? <laughs> Anyways, they decide it's not too late to start their new lives. We have plenty of time. Hell, I know they're only in their thirties. So it's like uh, they also talk like they're like on their deathbeds, and they're really like, they are in their thirties. If it's 20 years since you were in high school, you were in your 30s, like you're zero years old, right? That's so young. I hope I have enough time to have another romantic uh, relationship. The world hurt. Just then. No, no, no. I may as well talk to her now. Yay, Nadine. Nadine comes in. Nadine rules. Ed decides I may as well talk to her now. This is what it takes for uh, this guy Nadine, to get a backbone. Everyone totally unfazed by this situation of the two of them in bed yeah. and Nadine walking in and getting in bed. <laughs> I love it. Hey guys, like, I actually nobody think Norma asked. is Norma's face. Yeah. But she's trying to be cool. Right. And Ed is just his usual, like, useless. Everything's just happening around me. I know. Too bad I have absolutely no free will, apparently. 
But Nadine is so awesome in this scene. Oh, I love her. From minute one, when she rips the door <laughs> and just kind of watches it fall on top of this enormous stuffed animal. Is this their bedroom? I guess. It looks like a child's bedroom. Oh, this is where the, the my favorite the art, like I want too. this, I want those paintings so bad. Yeah, they're sort of cute. So cute. Yeah. Or kind of peanuts a little bit. Kind of yeah. looks like Lucy Van Pelt a little bit. It's so cool. I they love are it. Really cool. I love There's it. Just a I ton want of them cool so bad. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if any of that stuff's on eBay. <laughs> Probably somewhere. <laughs> um, Bolo, be on the lookout. <laughs> be on the lookout for Bolo. That's an eBay reseller piece. term. So <laughs> be on the lookout for those paintings. Yeah. She's got the trophy. I got all the way to the district finals at Knife River. Only to find out the airplane slam is illegal. I was disqualified. Second place, what a drag. Oh boy, what a tough break, huh? Hello, Nadine. It's she weird that you can get disqualified and also second place. Trophy. I know. Like, that's... Disqualified from first place. Right. Disqualified, I feel, yeah. means like you are out of it. You disqualify like from something. I don't yeah. think you also place. Yeah, she might. Not. <laughs> oh, you cheated or whatever, you know. So second place. But you know, I'm not gonna question it, Nadine. I don't know. How she also probably works, is just mixed up. But maybe yeah, she might be a little mixed up. That seems likely. She got disqualified yeah. in the finals, but not from the whole tournament. I mean, I guess to me, I feel like disqualified is an absolute term, yeah. but maybe not to Nadine. She calls the move the airplane slam. And I was like, is that what she calls her thing she did in cheerleading tryouts? Yes. That's what I'm imagining. Yeah. The airplane <laughs> slam. There's a pretty hilarious bit of prop comedy as they pass the trophy back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> she passes it to Ed, who unhelpfully passes it to fucking <laughs> no. Norma. I don't want this. <laughs> Norma hands it back to him, and then he hands it back to me. Why does he... Uh, there's a lot of choices for LVP in this episode, but... He's a good contender here for this alone. Like, just being such a fucking spineless little chicken in this bed. Poor Norma. And also, Norma looks so pretty. Yeah, she does she look great. She looks absolutely gorgeous in this scene. So it's, it is weird that this is like a post-sex scene and her hair is so perfect. Yeah, they like kind of messed up her eye makeup a little bit. Mm. They like hmm. smudged it just a tiny bit, but otherwise, can't mess up Norma. I guess. There's some strap continuity issues, but you know. Yeah. Pretty minor, though. Just because I was looking for stuff. And then Nadine apologizes to Norma for beating up Hank. I owe you an apology, Norma. I mean, I really pounded Hank, and I am sorry. But I thought he was going to do something to Eddie. And I sort of got mad. Thank you. Norma says what I think is the only response for that, which is thank you. <laughs> like... Thank you can mean thank you for beating up Hank. It can mean thank you for the apology. I think it means both. And then Nadine says such a cool thing. <laughs> I know about you guys. It's really, really okay. Because I don't have to feel so guilty about me and Mike. You and Mike? Well, I don't want to get into it, but I have to tell you, it is really, really serious. 
I know about you guys. It's really okay. <laughs> I'm watching. I know you guys are friends. <laughs> Just so you guys naked know, I did notice you were naked in bed together. <laughs> I know I seem pretty whacked out and distracted, but it's actually mm-hmm. really just that I'm completely cool about all of this. Mm-hmm. Because she's got Mike. It's pretty serious. It's pretty serious. That's so cute. And then we don't know yet that it is, because all we've seen so far is her planting one on him. But it is pretty serious. Spooky tree transition to Josie's beautiful hands <laughs> with yeah. red nails. Bad ladies have wood. nice nails. Yeah. She's caressing some wood. Getting to know yeah, it. Yeah, see, everyone's mm. stroking. And wood. Just like, there's a lot of wood. Mm-hmm. Stroking wood. Is all of that just foreshadowing yeah we're at the blue pine lodge where coop and harry are interviewing josie (laughs) about the asian man asian man killed killed. (laughs) in seattle the seattle police want answers and i have to tell them something they know you were connected with jonathan how did he die he was shot three times in the back of the head i have to give them something Right. Which is another kind of ACAB thing. Like, the whole thing is like the Seattle right. police. I gotta tell like, him something. You need to help me. <laughs> Josie, help me out here. Right. I, I also like the kind of drawing of you. It's pretty accurate. <laughs> the drawing is amazing. It's really good. <laughs> Who did that drawing? I don't know. I it's like know. a picture so running. Who did all the art in this episode? The art is There's so good. There's gotta be like a lot of thrift store acquisitions. Oh my god! Not the picture. Not of Josie. the Josie police sketch. Somebody on set. Not the Wally's hideaway paintings. Yeah, that's right. Those Wally's. were obviously custom. Josie, if you were ever gonna tell the truth, now would be an ideal time. I think I'll get another cup of joe. He says, if you were ever going to tell the truth, now <laughs> And she's like, you ever okay. had plans? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I wasn't. <laughs> oh, don't worry, Harry. Shut up. <laughs> I mean, Coop should probably not have left because that's the right. problem. Right. <laughs> Harry can't get her to tell the truth. <laughs> He's oh, the Harry. last guy who's going to be able to get to say the right thing. But I think Coop is miffed because he already has an inkling what happened. Like the way yeah. he says to Josie when she's like, oh, how did he die? And Coop is like, shot three times. Sound familiar? Right. Now he's like, what? You shot me. <laughs> she did learn her lesson about where to shoot someone three times. <laughs> not in the abdomen. Not in the, That's not going to happen. Not in the bulletproof vest. <laughs> yeah. So Coop goes, excuses himself to get another cup of joe, and I love that he smells inside the percolator, just in case. (laughs) Yeah. Fool me once. (laughs) Pete enters carrying an armload of dry cleaning, and he's saying that he was trying to help Josie with his chores, but it seems like it's all Josie's clothes. Right. (laughs) I don't think Pete has stuff that gets dry cleaned. No. Catherine, maybe. Yeah, maybe Catherine. Is that you, Pete? Yeah. Cooper? Yeah. Yeah. Catherine's been running her into the crowd. Yeah. So I offered to stop by the dry cleaners and pick up Josie's stuff. You know, the only words I know in Hungarian are paprika and goulash. Took me 20 minutes to get this stuff. This is an interesting scene. It's just to let Pete be Pete. And, yep. and Diane Keaton's like, that's what makes Twin Peaks Twin Peaks. Yeah. It's just for to do that. 
I like it. I got it's... five minutes for that. Yes, I respect it. It's, I love the scene it. takes a <laughs> long time. Mm-hmm. I think she noticed that too. She's like, David Lynch likes to take a long time. So I don't know. I hope David likes this episode. I mean, I think he doesn't actually like any season two, but if he ever revisits it, I hope he appreciates it. This is by far the best episode in the last couple. She's making lemonades out of a lot of lemons. Yeah, I mean, it's got what we've decided are garbage storylines. Yeah. A a lot of them. Like Mm -hmm. the whole Evelyn thing, it takes up a lot of time. Yeah. Yeah. It's not her fault that that had to be resolved in this episode. She had to do something with it. They did the most with it. She absolutely did her best to make that bearable. (laughs) (laughs) She almost gets there. Then the phone rings, so the Pete has to push off to answer. And scoop the clothes. And this gives Coop the perfect opportunity to collect some fibers. And steal a glove. It's really convenient. Right. <laughs> it's pretty convenient. Yeah, it's good that there's all this stuff, and then it manages to get the coat that Josie was wearing. But stealing the glove, I don't know if it's necessary. It's like, if it's come back to the dry cleaners, it's probably not going to have gunpowder residue on it still, but... Didn't it, though? Does it in the end? Yeah. Okay. Mm. I guess it does. Bad dry cleaners. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, it takes gloves to the dry cleaner, you know. I mean, I guess someone who shot someone. Like... <laughs> right. She's just like, I've got to clean all these clothes. I mean, not not a very smart move to wear your own clothes to your murder. <laughs> to a murder that you're committing. <laughs> not your murder. <laughs> <laughs> Should she wear a costume? Wear Catherine's shit or something. I don't know. Yeah, she should have. Yeah, she should have borrowed something from from Wyndham. Her from Wyndham, yeah. Right. He's got all the, the costumes right now. Yeah, she could have gotten as the front part of a horse. God, <laughs> that would have been confusing for Goop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so on the phone is Thomas Eckert. Ugh. Oh goody, who also has something going on with his eye, but it's his other eye. Right. <laughs> I don't know if that's just the actor or what we're talking about. <laughs> he said pink eye that day. <laughs> Is he uh, Australian, this actor? Yeah. But he's supposed to be English in the show. I don't know what he's supposed to be. South African. It's just like an international yeah. <laughs> And Catherine is listening in in the fun way that we were just talking about on Fade <laughs> and Puke about like. Oh, yes. Up How the, phones used to work. Yeah. yeah. Picking up the other just extension up, quietly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. That confuses Logan so quietly much. puts... She doesn't put the receiver back on, but she no, like just pushes the thing. The down yeah, what's so that? that she can I don't know what that's called. Jersey. It's Thomas. I'm so glad I found you. I was wondering if we could get together. Did you hear about what happened to Jonathan? The thing. I don't remember it ever having a name. Register? It's old technology. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Catherine is stoked. And then Eckhart hangs up the phone in his Great Northern Hotel room, where his assistant Jones stands by. And behind him on the wall is another cool thing of art. It kind of looks like a Playboy bunny. Yeah. But there's nothing particularly Playboy other than just the bunny ears, the black bunny ears. But I like that. Another painting that I would like. A sexy woman in bunny ears. And then we're in the Great Northern Lobby, where Ben Horn is still in deep psychosis. Oh, how <laughs> Jacoby's thing didn't work so far. <laughs> right. He's lying atop a taxidermied donkey, but for some reason there are horse noises coming out of it every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. <laughs> and five drummers in uniform standing by. Yeah. He's gotten 
his son Johnny involved. Yeah. Johnny's in his full indigenous yeah. outfit. Audrey's still trying to convince Jerry to help get Ben out of the state, but Jerry's like, ah, I kind of like him yeah. this way. <laughs> no, Audrey, you know I was upset too, but there's some projects, both domestic and international, that I don't get a chance to develop. I mean, one man's crisis is another man's opportunity. Maybe I can do some of the harebrained shit that he wouldn't let me do before. Jacoby just leans back in size. We leave him the way he is, and I become the executor of the estate. <laughs> Audrey, it's a little more complicated than that. So no, is it? I examined his will, Jerry. If my father becomes incapacitated, it all goes to me when I'm old enough. And I am old enough, dear, and he is incapacitated. I'm my way either way. What's happened to the man is a tragedy. It is a tragedy, Jerry. I absolutely love Audrey in the scene. Yeah. One man's crisis is another man's opportunity, and Audrey's like, actually, it's more of a woman's opportunity. <laughs> right. Because guess what? I read his will. Oh, I still just don't get why these teenagers want to be in these roles, well, you know? Business jobs. Right. <laughs> I want to run the hotel, you know? Why would you like that? Realized, especially Audrey's realized, that it's like the only way to make money in this town. It's the only profitable business to do. Right. It's her birthright. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess I also just don't get why she cares about making money, you know? It's not like she has bills to pay. She's yeah. at the high schooler. She's got design. She thinks she big. She thinks big. She's I don't got get a lot it. of adult I don't ideas. get it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think like big. I don't think big, so I don't get it. I don't know. <laughs> I have never yeah. thought big. <laughs> I don't like Jerry and Audrey's scene. They're, yeah. they're playing it, like, romantically. Yeah. It feels well, okay. like it has a weird tension. Kind of, it reminded me of the scene in Mulholland Drive where, like, uh, oh. the, <laughs> the tryout. Yeah. It plays really tight. Now, we're going to play this nice and close, just like in the movies. It is kind of weird. She's like, seems a little flirtatious. I feel like Cheryl and Fenn plays it the best way she can. The way she kind of, like, pokes him with the pipe. It's kind of more like yeah. a little girl and her uncle, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas the rest of it is I mean, just standing next to I she steals his pipe and puffs on it. <laughs> yeah. Which is not lit. But it's like, not lit. Yeah. <laughs> it just right. has a pipe. It's an affectation. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. In the very first scene, he just has like an, a pervy uncle vibe <laughs> a little bit. He does, yeah. Like, even the, set, the, like the second episode of the series. Hey, Audrey. Uncle Jerry's back. He walks in and like Audrey's like grossed <laughs> out by him. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, he talks to her like she's a little kid. Exactly. So yeah, I don't know. It's like, I can see how that might be weird. Like all of a sudden yeah. she's a grown up and he's like, fuck, I remember when you were a baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he definitely doesn't expect that at all from her. <laughs> that side of her. I mean, I think he's just as surprised that she's interested in business as everyone else. But. Right. <laughs> but she does seem right. to have a head for it. She's learned well. And I like her outfit. Yeah. And I like her vibe. You know we love Audrey. <laughs> there is a motif in the episode where everyone's just standing even closer together than normal. So Such always, standing. always in Twin Peaks, people talk close together, but it's like uncomfortable a lot of the time here. Like in this scene with Jacoby and Audrey and Bobby, mm-hmm. they're like practically leaning on each other. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally huddled up. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, that's a directorial choice. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to get as tight as you can. We were watching these on like little 15 inch screens back in the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's like cheating if she was trying to go for cheating, which is yeah. what it's called when you have mm-hmm. people stand closer than you normally would stand in real life. Right. 
It's supposed to be subtle. That's why it's called cheating. Mm-hmm. It's not really cheating if it looks weird. <laughs> yeah. It's just like doing it wrong. I that's guess. Twin Peaks <laughs> style cheating. Yeah, that is. Have, that's it, have it look weird too. It's okay to look weird in Twin Peaks. That's what we're going for. Oh, and the other thing is that the sound of marching persists as Gary and Audrey talk to each other. I like that. That's another Lynchian thing. Mm-hmm. I feel like Diane made... And her name is Diane. How wonderful. Right. Uh, she must have made a list of Persistent things that she likes <laughs> about Twin noises. Peaks. And was like, let's do all these things. That's what I would do, maybe. Yeah. And so then Jacoby says... I think it's time we implement the Appomattox scenario. It's elaborate. It's a little elaborate. Very elaborate, elaborate yes. and half-assed. <laughs> right, yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then Bobby, when he comes in, he's late because he said bikers <laughs> tried to steal his jacket. Sorry, I'm late. Cool bikers tried to take this jacket. I want to feel like he was just kidding that that... Yeah. Did not really happen. <laughs> he was just like goofing on like this stupid thing. Yeah, yeah, that does seem like, like some a bike jacket. Just, like, yeah, this jacket that's... is so cool that some yeah, bikers, some bikers to... tried to steal this from me. You know, yeah. that just seems <laughs> it was like a really joke funny. That just didn't completely land. It landed for me. I mean, I thought it was very funny. All right. I mean, I thought it was you know, funny. Bobby, but LOL! The exclamation point. <laughs> The way he said it sounded too serious. Like he's too. Well, he's see, that's why I like a deadpan. Mm-hmm. You know, you that's do. I do. That's that's why I don't always like Paul Rudd because he's like the opposite of deadpan. That's true. Mm. He is. <laughs> he's a live saucier. <laughs> a live skillet. Live skillet. Trademark. And then we get another sadly rendition of Dixie. But the, uh. the upside to this one is that Bobby is. Doing a bad job. He's on the real trumpet. bad. Yeah, it's hilarious. It's funny. He's having a good time. Dana Ashford. This is a really good Bobby episode. Yeah, yeah, he does. He does. I think it's a bugle. Bugle, all right. Sorry. Whatever. Bugle, it's important. Back at Hideout Wally's, there's yeah. an owl statue in the bar. Evelyn's sitting down. I don't know what time it is, but like all the chairs are put up on the table. <laughs> Did it just open? I don't know. Maybe it just opened. She gets there right at 11. And Donna approaches her and she buys Donna a drink. Get the lady here a drink. And Donna's like, why are you doing this to him? He's a good person. I know. Good. <laughs> and Evelyn says, <laughs> He was good at two things. The car and me. Was he really good at you? I what? doubt it. <laughs> I like, doubt like, it. How could James be good? I don't know. Well, maybe. I don't know. People like him, though. He has sex with Laura. Talent. I mean... Laura was pretty Laura experienced, it, right? so was maybe he learned stuff from Laura. I don't know. Ooh, I bet he did. Guess he might be good at stuff. He's good at one thing. Yeah. I mean, Two yeah, things. that tracks. <laughs> fixing cars and, and fucking, fixing ladies. Yeah. And he cannot say no either, apparently. <laughs> then Malcolm comes in and he gets real handsy with everybody. Ugh, yikes. And it's bad. Sorry about your friend, honey. There's nothing you can do. Donna's face. That's a real a big face squeeze on her. I think this is really good Laura Flynn Boyle acting. Don't do this to him! Please! Do it! She's not great. The 
entirely in the episode, but in this particular scene, I think she does a good job. A, a lot of her acting is like very soap opera, but yes. Yeah. yeah, I just think the same thing. She's like now in a soap opera plot mm-hmm. instead <laughs> of the main plot of the show having to do with Laura Palmer. Yeah. It's kind of More a thing. You've been relegated to the B plot. Mm-hmm. Trapped in the B plot. That sucks. Sorry, Donna. You never really get your due. Until Firewalk with me, but then it's not then it's not her, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we get a spooky tree transition with the superimposed Black Knight chess piece. Mm. Uh, a lot of superimposition. Yeah. That's another thing she's done a lot. She really liked that with uh, Evelyn's veil. Yes. <laughs> Remember when she wore this awesome Remember the veil? <laughs> We're back in the conference room where Coop is going over some <laughs> test results with Albert, and they're using the slide projector, which is kind of fun. Vicuna thread sample taken from Josie's coat. Traces found on the floor outside your room. Like from the same coat? Let me put it to you this way. Either Josie Packard pulled the trigger, she's loaning her winter wear to the wrong kind of people. It's a perfect match. Basically, between the two of them, they're like, Josie Bosho did it. Right. How are we going to tell Harry? He's got a problem with his girlfriend. Yeah. I hope it's not Josie. Coop is so earnest when he says, I hope it's not Josie. It's like, yeah, but it is. It totally is. (laughs) As you know, Truman and I have had our differences in the past, but the big lug's got his heart in the right place, nothing else. And I'm not above feeling a little sympathy with a stalwart in the dome. What's your point, Albert? Speaking frankly, feel free. Our sheriff's got a serious problem with his girlfriend. Albert, not one word until we're certain. And then Coop enters Harry's office. Harry's throwing darts. He's got a name for the drifter. Eric Powell, transit, former merchant marine vice prince. Powell. Caroline's maiden name. Yeah. <laughs> See, if, like, Wyndham Earl goes to so How much many trouble. How did you have to interview before right. I mean, he found a drifter <laughs> who's the same. <laughs> Can you imagine if I was like, okay, find a yeah. drifter whose last name is Simons? You know, yeah. I mean, it's like that. Or a more and common name than that. I know you're doing this interview process either, obviously, because that would be bad. I mean, even that part, that is like a very difficult assignment, I think. Yeah. And then you also have to like kill him and save his body for three days so that the rigor mortis can leave and come back or whatever. Come, I mean, this is like, go ahead. Just draw a picture, Wyndham. Right. He goes to so much trouble. So this much guy. He's kind of like the Joker. Yeah, that's why I always write like wannabe Batman villain ass. Right. I can't stand Oh, him. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's a real, yeah, with the... It's just so theatrical. I mean, literally theater. Yes. He's literally theatrical. He's literally. (laughs) Did I say literally? Like, okay. But I feel like he would. Yeah, he would. He'd also say the Scottish play for sure. (laughs) Doodly doo. Let's see. Oh, in this this scene, there's a another thing of Diane Keaton trying something. Coop walks kind of over to the chessboard in the corner, and then there's just one insert shot of above camera above Coop, mm. and you see the chessboard from above and top of Coop's head. Mm. So you just see that once, and that's it. It's another shot of something you wouldn't you wouldn't normally see it that way. Right. But to what end, I don't know. I guess just to unsettle I, you? But anytime yeah. David does it, it's kind of to be unsettling. Maybe the thought is like it makes him look like a piece, a chess piece. Ooh. Not that it actually works, but I think a lot of this like doesn't quite work, but it, I like trying stuff. I like when I'm I seeing like unusual stuff. things. Especially at this point, as we said several times in this episode, like the content she had to work with was challenging. Yes. So yeah. it calls for some tricks. And yeah, but I think maybe you're onto something because that's when he's saying like we need to find a chess expert. 
Mm-hmm. And that is going to be... Pete is a chess expert. Turns out Pete's a chess expert. He learned everything he knew from Jose Raul Capablanca, who apparently was a famous chess guy. Oh. I don't think he really learned it from that guy. I owe it all to the great Jose Raul Capablanca. Now, if there's chess boards in heaven, Jose sitting next to the Lord. I mean, maybe he studied with him. Seems unlikely. Anyway, is he playing three games at once? Is that what's happening there? Yes. He's on one side of the counter. Yes, he's playing yeah. all he's three of them at the same time. playing against Toad. <laughs> Toad. And Doc fucking Hayward. Right. <laughs> of course. The mind reels. <laughs> one of these days. Just get Doc in there. We don't need Michael Horse or Harry Goes or Kimmy Robertson, but we gotta have Doc. Right. Ugh. And so Coop says, Pete, I need your help. I'm playing a chess match of considerable importance. I can't say any more than that. Suffice to say, I'd like to stalemate the game, losing as few pieces as possible. None that can be arranged. He doesn't say this, but every time they lose a piece, it's a person. Yikes. That's not good. And then Shelly comes in, and here we go. Gosh, this is so strange. (laughs) She walks behind the counter to find Norma kneeling on the floor with the soft serve ice cream cone thing in front of her, cleaning it. First of all, why would you do that? Wouldn't even imagine you'd need to clean that. Right. Like, how slow is it in the diner right (laughs) now that you're cleaning the... Is that the point of the conversation is like, Shelly's like, do you need my help? Should I come back? And Norma does not need her help at all, but she's I don't, still like, come back. I need your help. I don't think so, no. <laughs> I think this is also like she wanted to shoot some weird way. Who has a conversation with someone and you're both kneeling on the floor, you know? I think it was yeah. just like, I want to try this weird angle or weird look. It is so strange. Yeah. Like, she could have put it on the counter. Right, she hasn't right, cleaned it at all. right. Why did she move it to the floor <laughs> to clean it? <laughs> Yeah, I just took every chance to make things look weird. It's weird. It is weird, especially when Harry approaches the counter and looks down on them. (laughs) And then now I can't stop thinking about dicks. It's like, that's like the blowjob angle. Yeah. (laughs) God. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like that. Not for my ladies, not for the two pretty bells of the the double R dog. On their knees. And at one point, Shelly does... Soft serve. It's so big. <laughs> At one point, Shelly does grab a rag and just kind of wipe yeah, it. They're they're both wiping it so <laughs> weird. It's pretty unnecessary. Yes. <laughs> Everything about that is unnecessary, really. Except the conversation, which is good. The conversation. Right. That's like is one that Shelly wants to come back up. to work. You um, don't need any help, do you? Um, I, I, I feel safer now. quitting conversation those two talking about work but they're really talking about the relationship yeah but then harry wants to talk to norma in private <laughs> let's have a weird angle conversation too let's have another yes. weird angle conversation through the, through door, the little, through the the little door window, window where we have to be so close together to see <laughs> both our faces in the window that like if he stuck his tongue out he would touch her face <laughs> 
was so close. Wasn't there a thing like an electric company with the like two faces next to each other? The yeah. profiles where they're saying. Oh, yeah. yeah. One says a word and the other one says. Arm. Charm. Ease. Cheese. Yeah. The syllables. Yeah. You make yeah. words that way. Yes. Yeah. That's but, what it looks like. But they were further apart, I think, than Harry and Norma were in this scene. <laughs> you wouldn't be able to fit words between their faces. Yeah. That's what it looked like to me, though. <laughs> but it's good news, anyway. Yay! He's saying... We're charging the attempted murder of Liam Johnson. Add that to breaking parole. Makes the long way for a long time. Good. He's going away to jail for a long time. Yay! And Norma says, good. And I like it. Then we get a moon superimposed over a spooky tree. <laughs> Back to the Blue Pine Lodge where Josie is horrified to find Mr. Eckert at the door. Josie, help our guest with his coat. He's come at Catherine's invitation. I must confess I received your invitation with some surprise. Everyone's surprised. Yes. <laughs> a lot of surprise going on. <laughs> this is another scene where Diane Keaton's really going for stuff. Yeah. She moves the camera back and forth a lot as they talk. It's kind of swinging mm-hmm. back and forth. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't think it particularly works, but I can see what she was trying to go for. Mm-hmm. Unsettling soap opera. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of supposed to be like a tete-a-tete between two brilliant minds. <laughs> and the fact that their conversation is so horrible. I wonder, what shall we do about her? It would be a shame if you let them be ended. I miss her cheery disposition. We become the best of friends. Two girls chatting over tea. Perhaps you should purchase an animal of some kind, a cat or a dog. If I give her to you, what will you give me in return? How can I place a value on something so precious? That you will try. Yes. I know! It's like, are you going to sell me Josie, basically? It's like, yeah. It, 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 right. It is that. That's it's, fucked up. Yeah. It's so fucked up. Catherine. Catherine. Uh, <laughs> she, did, she did try to kill her, though. It'd be better if the conversation had, like, veiled menace, but was, like, mm-hmm. surface polite instead of just being, like... Straight up. <laughs> Should I sell you my girl? <laughs> right. Yeah, for she sure. She has great fingers. <laughs> Chelsea has the most incredible hands. Uh, every finger, I think, beauty. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> well, they talk about her hands, and then, ooh, and then Eckhart touches Josie in a lot of ways she doesn't like. I feel like I've never seen her face look that horrified to be touched by a guy. Mm-hmm. Well, that means this guy's pretty bad news. Yeah. She definitely is willing to make out with a lot of dudes. <laughs> <laughs> We've had a lot of signs he's bad news. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say something perhaps controversial. I think John is Wait, oh, you're going to get canceled for that <laughs> controversial take. And I think a motif in this episode is men like kind of manhandling women. And then it's kind of funny, too, how Catherine speeds through the, the meal in this. Like, it's such a short conversation, really. She's mm-hmm. like... We'll have that wine. We'll have the hors d'oeuvres. We'll have the main course. <laughs> I just got the hors d'oeuvres out. And then the main course is a pig's head with oh, God. grapes. Yes. So many grapes. It's a real gross meal. The, pig, the pig's head and grapes. Pig face and grapes. Yeah, like that whole head for two people. The skin's still up. 
do they not do it that way? I don't know. I would assume like you've had like I've never eaten the face of a pig. As far as I know, not just sliced off the face. Like a slice of cheek. I mean, that's a thing. Yeah, I, I mean, I've seen a whole a, pig before, yeah, yeah, yeah. but we mostly ate everything else. I know, but they face. don't, like, skin it, right? I don't understand why you're saying it's like, oh, it has the skin on. Like, I mean, it's like if there was, like, a roast turkey, like, it would have the skin on it. I'm sure the skin's good. <laughs> sure. It's an interesting choice. Like, let's make sure we get the whole pig head and face. That's what I want for dinner. I mean, I think it's a choice to be menacing like that. Yeah. But that's a thing that it is a thing that people eat that. There's some place like downtown that serves like the whole pig head face like that. Oh, yeah. And, like radiator whiskey. Or maybe it's Whiskey Kitchen. It's one of those. Oh. Yeah. All right. And then we cut to a bunch of pictures of ladies. I don't know mm-hmm. if it's like magazine pictures or if she has like a cool collage on some furniture. Or yeah, I don't know what it is because yeah. you never really see. You just see the pictures. I don't know. Some cigarettes and Evelyn is blowing smoke rings in her lingerie. <laughs> yeah, I feel like she's trying to look sexy blowing those smoke rings and it doesn't work. I mean, I feel like she's successfully blowing smoke rings, right. but yeah. I feel like to do it, you have to make a goofy face that's not sexy, you know? I guess so. It looks sexy to just smoke a cigarette. Yeah, normal but she's alone, cigarette smoking. So she's just fucking around. <laughs> <laughs> I don't always try to be sexy when I'm alone. Usually, I'm absolutely not being sexy at all when I'm alone. <laughs> I'm doing things I don't want people to normally see me doing. Doesn't seem like the direction she got. <laughs> right. I think that she is trying <laughs> to look sexy. Just like nobody's watching. Yeah. Smoke <laughs> like we're gonna slow it down. Like she farts in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be hilarious. <laughs> and she just scratches her crotch. <laughs> Smells her own breath. <laughs> Checks her own Oh my god, guys, stop saying all the gross things you do. <laughs> okay. Anyway, she's not alone. James comes in. Why'd you do it? I really do think he's like drunk in this episode. <laughs> he's really intense. You know, I'm going through it. I can't figure it out. James, you're not safe here. Malcolm, Is it the money? He gets so close. Yes. <laughs> right up in her face. That's like an inch between their nose. <laughs> it's so close. Yeah. My eyes wouldn't even I, be able to focus. I, 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 I just keep <laughs> talking to a blur. I know. I know. Plus, she just blew all the smoke. Like she has stank breath right now. God. Well, he smokes too. He probably doesn't notice. But. Oh, right. But he can taste. <laughs> Taste of honesty. Yes. James, you're good and you're honest. I'm not. But that doesn't mean there weren't moments when I truly wanted you here. Not for Malcolm or for the money, but for me. Evelyn a little bit in this episode. I didn't think that's what she meant. Oh, okay. (laughs) I thought like making out. No, I don't think she thought his dick. I don't think that she gave him a BJ, no way. But (laughs) I like that she is just like, I did it, dum dum. You know, like nobody made me do it. I did it for the money. Yeah. But she does give a bunch of different, like, sort of conflicting answers. She says, I did it for the money, I did it out of fear. I did it because I wanted to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, out of fear isn't really like I wanted to. It's not the same. 
I feel like those are three different answers. What? For the money. Out of fear. Because I wanted to do it. Not exactly what you wanted to hear, is it, James? Right. The guys are all true. Right, yeah, exactly. Like, they're different, but they're also all accurate. Okay. But it wasn't why not, which is what she tells Donna. But I think she just says that to Donna because she I mean, to Donna. it is a little bit of a double indemnity callback again because there's a, mm. a memorable line where it's like, Yes, I killed him. I killed him for money. And for a woman. And I didn't get the money and... I didn't get the woman. There's a little bit of a motif in this scene of stories. He <laughs> says, you better tell me a story, Evelyn. <laughs> and then when Malcolm comes in, he's like, here's the story. And then she right. like the story that she tells at the end. Yeah. So I kind of yeah. like that. Like, I feel yeah. like this scene is unusually well written for <laughs> for this group of people with characters. Right. Except for, I like how you taste, because that's just, yeah. I, don't know, I don't like thinking about that. I feel like she says he tastes honest. She says yeah. you're good you're and good honest. honest. You taste that way. Yeah. I don't know. She, she did say that he tastes, honest, yeah. And he says, you taste good too. Smooch, smooch, smooch. When, like, just it's two like, seconds ago, right. you were, like, She's like, saying you're going to frame me for murder. Right. I'm, tr- I'm actively trying to frame you for murder. But also, <laughs> you're a good kisser, I guess. But it distracts him long enough for Malcolm to No come. one's that good at kisser. I don't know. No. <laughs> Malcolm hits him over the head, knocks him out, and then the camera gets a little weird. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I don't love it. Yeah. Slow motion, it's a little stylized. Slows. It's like overcranked, kind mm-hmm. of. It's, it happens twice, and maybe it should yeah. only happen once. I, don't yeah. know. I like I like that because it's like really. I like that it it's happens scary to me. later, but I don't like it here. Yeah. When he's just saying like, "This is the story." Broke into the house. He was angry. He was crazy. He killed Jeffrey. He came back to kill you. He pulled the fences down the hill. You were ready for that man. You got your gun. You shot James. You shot him till he was dead. You shot him till he was dead, which is a funny thing. Yes, and then she says it too. Yeah. Says, shot him till he's dead is weird. Yeah. Like a hysteric. Yes. <laughs> a hysteric yeah. grouping of bullets. Yes. Like a, five times. Like a hysteric. Like a hysteric. Like you are a hysteric woman. But first we're back at the Great Northern where Ben's office is like painted with a fucking mural and there's grass it's in there. It's a field of Like wheat. they've really yes. done a lot of work in there. <laughs> it's again like regional theater production of Gone with the Wind or something. Yeah. Again, like who did all this? Who did this? There's a big staff at the Great Northern. Yeah, so they got the whole staff. Maybe Louis. Is there no one the staff is clearly right tired of this shit. Right. Yeah, but I guess they're still getting paid. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like they did a pretty good job on whatever short notice they had. Right. We've got the table. They did that painting. And like the... Audrey's dress and hair. That's a wig. Yeah, she's wearing a wig. Okay, well, but who got that wig? I mean, there's so... like a good costume shop in town. There's like an all-year spirit Halloween in the town, yeah. like for them in uh, like Wyndham. Like all those uniforms and <laughs> and a uniform that fits Jerry. <laughs> it is a spirit Halloween store. <laughs> yeah. That's great. He's like, oh, I can't resist these prop rocks. I had to get those, too. They were on sale. Wilma McLean at your service. Uh, I'm indeed honored to be making an extremely sociable acquaintance. And where are you from with my sword, sir? Uh, I like your sword, sir. Thank you, Daddy. Thank you. Where is General Grant? 
Get him where's the comments. I, I know it. Jerry's accent is very fun and over the top. This is some good David Patrick Kelly. Mm-hmm. Good actor, bad acting. Yeah, that was my favorite part of, I'm like, I hate this civil warship, but then I love Jerry's bad acting and weird accent. Sigh. <laughs> 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 oh, yes, yes, yes. And may I add this, that you've been a valiant opponent of fine character. How about the North won the Civil War? The horse sounds coming once again from the donkey. All those men claiming to own their own horses. They keep them too. <laughs> Jerry plays the harmonica too throughout, which is, he's good at actually the harmonica. <laughs> he's a better harmonica player than he is an actor. And then when Ben and Jacoby shake hands, then Ben collapses. <laughs> and wakes up doing a Wizard of Oz. Yeah. I'm Twin Peaks, Ben. Oh, I had the strangest dream. You were there. And you, and you. It was incredible. There was a war. And I was General, General Robert E. Lee. Again, was like, you know what David Lynch likes? Yeah. references. Right. True. He does. He likes old movie references in general. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he does like that one. And it's, it's good timing it's, for that. It's like, very the, and yeah. you were there, and you were there, and you were there. It takes him a second to be like, oh, you're wearing costumes. <laughs> right. I thought it was a little out of character for Jacoby to be so not game for this whole thing. Being Grant, he was very bad playing along. Yes. Sir, we met during the Mexican War. Do you remember? I have come to surrender the North. The Mexican War, do you remember? Oh, yes, yes, it, it was a good, good war, as I remember. Nonsense! Oh, Lord, nothing but madness. That's so I guess maybe it's a, another actor doing bad acting on purpose. Yes, yeah, it is. Because Jacoby would maybe not be a good actor. Yeah, I think he was invested, but just not good. And I think he was annoyed, too, that it didn't already work, like that they had to do this, because <laughs> he was so confident just letting him win that one battle that would be enough. Hmm. And it didn't work. They had to actually so do the surrender. Like, yeah. So I think he's annoyed that he had to put that much effort in. Because before he was just like, I know how to do this. I'll just let him play it out and it'll be fine. He has to actually do some work. Yeah, he's pretty lazy. That he's makes like sense. Maybe he's, he's, he's annoyed by having to be involved. Yeah. Okay. He couldn't even remember one line. Exactly. Which was like, we surrender, basically. Right. right. <laughs> he didn't look at, like, to remember his own name. Paper, he's yeah. like, I'm General Grant. Fine. I know. <laughs> but it works. Then we got Ben back. Yay. Great. Speaking of regional theater, we're back at Wyndham's oh, <laughs> spooky cabin. He's applying a fake mustache, eyebrows, and sideburns. <laughs> God. The whole shebang. I know. For like a two second <laughs> interaction. Yeah. yeah. None of this is necessary. <laughs> he doesn't hand deliver it to Audrey Horn. All yeah. this to leave it at the front desk. <laughs> just put it in the mail, right? He, already, he loves like, to do this things. dumb shit. It's and to, like, like oh, I want to do an accent. <laughs> yes, he's doing an accent. Well, for no reason at all. all right. I think, like, he really likes it. He walks right past Coop. Right. I think he does really like that. I think that's yeah. the whole point of all of it. Yeah, he goes there to... He's hoping to run into Coop. Mm-hmm. And he does. Yeah, he's stoked. 
and pick up a postcard. <laughs> but first, he's got Leo all writing. All out. Yeah, the whole rack. There's an owl motif, obviously. There's definitely owls. Yeah. A lot of owls, yeah. He's got Leo writing the poems, and he shocks him. Shocks him because his handwriting isn't good. Yeah. And it's like, that's not going to make his handwriting better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That reminds me of, like, my mom said when she was in parochial school, the nuns, like, she had really beautiful handwriting. My mom did, and she said it was really beautiful because the nuns were really particular about how your handwriting looked. If it wasn't up to snuff, they would smack your hand with a ruler. And I was like, nice. how does that, that doesn't make your handwriting? God. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it works, but it seems counterintuitive. But. Yeah. And then he finally gives Leo some solid food, but I can't tell what it is. It looks kind of like, like a... an oversized communion wafer. Or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think it's a cookie. Uh, and he's got some pictures that were, again, he was at Kinko's. Yes. Like a photocopy of Shelley, Donna, and Audrey with their names underneath. Like, yes, oh, that's weird. Why? And why? Which one? Why did he need them all on the same page? Like, he could have just had pictures of them. Yeah, where did you get those pictures? It's a weird picture of Audrey. <laughs> With, like, her hair all slicked back. Yeah. I don't like it. It's like from the pilot. Yeah. <laughs> I really like how after Leo's done writing, Windermerald rips everything up, and Leo's like, no. <laughs> it works so hard. <laughs> and then, yeah, he stuffs it into the envelope not very neatly at all. It's weird. Is it done now? Like, <laughs> I don't think he finished. I don't think he did at no, all. Yeah, it didn't seem like he'd written the whole letter yet. <laughs> And there's definitely fingerprints on those things now. Mm-hmm. He does use right. Leo's saliva to Ugh. seal it. So I don't that, like that. I guess so they can't trace it back to him, but never, it's obviously him anyway. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I know. It's funny that he's like, there's no trace, but you know it's me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or like <laughs> like the mail thing, like that they were under a phony credit card under the name Windamura. <laughs> I think like card. well I think the phoniness was it wasn't like a real like it no came money. back, yeah. <laughs> no how do you like a that? hot check or something, you know? Case. But Yeah, that's how credit cards Well but back they in the day right I don't know how things work like through the mail. Yeah, yeah. Carbon copied it through later or you send it through later or something. Yeah. So, <laughs> what was the point of that? Like, I just wanted to be free. He's trying to save money. <laughs> I mean, he, yeah, everything he does is so expensive. I mean, why is it just sending mail that is like want to get over? It's a great question. So we're back at the Marsh Mansion. Evelyn and oh, Malcolm right. conspiring over James's unconscious body. That's when he says, "I'll do my best to imitate the act of a hysteric when <laughs> I shake the gun around." And then the thing that happens next is somehow, like, rushed and drawn out at the same time. I'm, like, not entirely clear. It seems like it goes a long time with Donna weeping over James. Mm-hmm. And Well, there's a shot of, like, from Donna's point of view through the window, yeah. which oh, right. feels yeah. a little bit of a callback to the Harold Smith thing when oh. James rushed in to save Donna. Oh, you're right. So, yeah, I think that was intentional. And then Donna comes running in. She's super soap opera acting. Don't hurt him! I already called the cops. They're on the way. It won't work. Malcolm, try. Give me the gun. Evelyn, please don't let him die. Please. Don't hurt him. He's a (laughs) monkey. Let's just say don't hurt him anymore. Don't hurt him anymore. (laughs) 
She's like, I've already called the police. It won't work. <laughs> I like that Malcolm is like, nah. <laughs> he definitely did not call the police. Right. <laughs> he did. Who cares? Right. They don't help. So Malcolm tries to get Evelyn to shoot James, but instead she kind of backs up toward the door. And he's like, give me the gun, blah, blah, blah. He advances on her, and then she shoots him at really yes, close Yes, so range. close. Like, it's touching his body, I think. It's so close that I'm surprised it didn't go through him and, like, hit Donner. Yeah. Like, right. behind them. Like, it's so close. I think the bullet did go through him. His back is definitely got a big, Blown like, out. yeah. But... Yeah, but where did it go? <laughs> Fortunately, not Donna. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then they collapse to the floor together, and she is telling the story. Shot him till he was dead. Shot him until he was dead. I shot him dead is, I think, how you might say that. <laughs> Waterfall transition. We're back at the Great Northern. Coming to his room for the night. He's whistling and takes a moment at the elevator to open his wallet and pull out a photo of Caroline. What a Aww. funny photo of Caroline. <laughs> Black and white. This is an adult woman. Why does she right. have that photo? It looks like a picture, right. but it's like, right. I'm 35. I just got my portrait done. So weird. Would yeah. you like a wallet size? <laughs> he looks at it longingly just as Wyndham Earl steps out of the elevator. Wyndham sees Coop. Coop does not see Wyndham. And at the front desk, Wyndham leaves a note for Audrey Horn. For Miss Audrey Horn, please. And then sees funny the accent. curious postcard rack. Yes. Filled with all the same it's owls. A spinning postcard. rack. Owls. All the same postcard. <laughs> and I guess you can just take them. You can just take them. They're free. Just grab an owl. Just, and he says owl. And he says, <laughs> yeah. yeah, he loves it. He loves owls. Because he knows the owls aren't what they seem. Yes, he does know that. And then we're in room 315 where Coop finds a creepy scene. Caroline's <laughs> death mask poking Yikes. out of his comforter. This was real mask made by Brenda E. Mathers, who plays Caroline, and she kept it as a souvenir, which I think is cool. But how does Wyndham make the eyes light up? I don't the know. The eyes are very Magic. lit up until yes. the eyes are lit up. picks up. They From the, it up tape the tape recorder. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't make sense. Once again, good old extra Wyndham. <laughs> it's effective. This is creepy. Breathtaking, wasn't she? A truly beautiful woman, Caroline. Funny, isn't it? After all this time, after all that happened in Pittsburgh, I still love her. And I know that you do too. When he says, I still love her, and Cooper peers into the mask. Now, Dale, listen carefully. It's your move. I think this shot works. This is good. There's good bookends of trick shots that Diane Keaton did that I think work. Where he's looking into one eye, both of his eyes into one eye, and then it shifts. It's all one shot. Yeah, I like that. Two eyes looking into two eyes. Mm -hmm. It's neat. And that is the end of the episode. (laughs) This one is not such a fun fact. Uh Uh-oh. It was after this episode. It ranked 85 out of 89 programs that ABC decided. So they 
put the show on indefinite hiatus after this episode. <clears throat> Everyone was upset. And then also they had been moving the show around a lot because of the Gulf War, preempting Twin Peaks six times it had been preempted. Uh, I remember that. That was driving me and my brother crazy because they would show scenes from next week and then it would say at the bottom of the screen like, in three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> like, ah! That wasn't great. Not great. But then there was a fan letter writing campaign. Ooh. So old school. You couldn't just get on, on whatever, Twitter. A petition or whatever. This letter writing campaign organized by a group called Coop. <laughs> Citizens opposed to offing of peaks, it stands for. And they managed to get the show back on. Thank you, thank you for saving our... Did you save our... What, tell me, what is this again? <laughs> Citizens opposing the offing of peaks. Citizens <laughs> what? Opposing. Opposing. The offing of peaks. The offing of peaks. Of peaks. Of, of peaks. peaks. Oh, peaks. <laughs> Got it. Okay. This is good. Did it work? Six weeks later, uh, a lot of sixes here. <laughs> it was preempted six times. Six weeks later, the show came back for six more episodes. <laughs> and then David finally came back. Finish it out. But it was rough times for Twin Peaks right yeah. here. Well, first I'd like to welcome you to the, the new Twin Peaks. Exactly the same, the old Twin Peaks. Just <laughs> It's new for us because we're, we uh, we're rebirthed. And thank you for um, your efforts in getting us back on the air because it was... You're responsible, so whatever happens, it's on your head. But I didn't think this was that bad. A lot of people consider this the worst episode of Twin Peaks, but mm. I honestly still yeah, think Yeah, no, that there's definitely worse no episodes. Way. episode yeah. before this was much was worse. Was worse, yeah, for sure. And you liked it, Burgos, right? Yeah. yeah. Afterwards, you were like, that was great. So, yeah, I don't know. I definitely appreciate that Diane Keaton was going for stuff. Another director who goes for stuff is Dwayne Dunham, and I don't think it is nearly as effective when he does that. And we have another Dwayne Dunham episode coming up. No, no. Motifs. We talked about God, a lot of them. I know, so many. A lot. This is motif heavy. Face grabbing, mm -hmm. chest pieces, of course. Red nails, lady hands. Yeah, and then all the cool paintings. So much cool art. Yeah. The people, information and uniform. Yeah. People jerking shit off. Yeah, we saw that. <laughs> that was interesting. It was a really interesting episode. Mm -hmm. Honestly, pretty... Pretty meaty for this late in season two, I gotta yeah. say. Let's do awards. Yay! Ladies and gentlemen, the Roadhouse is proud to welcome... Let's get the ceiling fan out of the way here. Okay, because this is not that scary. It's there is some scary stuff. Scary. I thought, like, the mask in the bed with the lit up eyes, that was pretty scary. It is, and it's cool. That's very spooky, yeah. To me, stuff like that hit, like, he walks into his room, because, like, I live alone half the time, you know. Also, sometimes I walk into my house, and it's like, Logan has been there and left the door open, and it's like, <laughs> so, you know, like, totally. that is, like, unsettling to me, when you, like, when you walk into, your room. yeah, yes. Yeah. I don't like that either. Really unsettling look, that mask. It like it moved a little bit. I don't know. It's very strange. Like it was looking at him or something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I always think the audio stuff gets to me the most. So I think the weird overprint with the strange audio when Malcolm's shot, I guess. Yeah. Two. It's probably my fish. I'm sorry, not my fish, my fan. <laughs> yeah. My fan. I also like it because it's not just that it's sort of a Lynchian callback, but it's also just kind of implies that like the Black Lodge has its fingers and all the pies, so to speak, of like evil that happens around. Mm -hmm. Like that was like some Black Lodge entity being like, yes, this is good Garmin Bosia that's happening right now. <laughs> this guy's oh, I didn't even see it like that. I just kind of felt like this is maybe what things sound like from the perspective of somebody who's just been hit over the head or shot. Mm. 
Okay. It's probably a more practical way of <laughs> Yeah, so mine is also the death mask, but not the finding of it, but when he picks it up and looks at it and really, really realizes what it is. That's horrifying. You know, that's yeah. like a really fucked up thing. And he was just thinking about Caroline. And is that why he was just thinking about her? Because he's so psychic and tuned mm-hmm. in. You know. There's been a lot of Caroline. Right. I mean, he should be thinking about her because this <laughs> yeah, is right. that oh, yeah, Wyndham yeah, Earl is here sending all the wedding that. stuff. And, yeah. Yeah. That's true. Wyndham is really making him remember. But mm-hmm. yeah, just picking up a mask and recognizing the face and knowing it's a death mask. Wyndham loves to do shit to bodies. He's really into that. That's pretty evil to, you know, fuck with bodies afterwards. Yeah, I don't think he's a very good guy. He's never going to be the MVP, I don't reckon. All right, let's do fun. Fish in the percolator. There's a lot of funny so stuff many, in this episode. So many options. I know. I mean, I'm kind of torn. I think, like, the straight-up funniest thing is Josie's police sketch. Locals are looking for a beautiful Asian woman, late 20s, in connection with the murder of one Jonathan Kuma guy. Yeah, that made the biggest laugh for me, too. Yeah. But I guess for me, maybe the timing of it, I'm worried about Coop! Just because we have a friend who has a child named Cooper, and he Mm -hmm. said whenever anything is going on with this kid, he's like, I'm worried about Coop! (laughs) He just told that story two days ago, right? I think that was just so funny. And it was Alberg. I mean, it was just so, yeah, I guess I have to go with that. Yeah, Very good choice. I... Think I like Nadine ripping the door off. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Anytime really Nadine rips the door off, yeah. she was like so up. casual. Yeah. <laughs> exactly the way she just reacts to everything that's going on. Just, yeah, and getting in bed that cracked me up. That was really funny. I mean, Wendy Ruby really just nails that whole scene. <laughs> She's so, so good. good. That's very funny. I am just so partial to Bobby in the, <laughs> in the conference room. Yeah. And pretty much really everything he too. does, but especially when he says absolutely. Ah, see. I feel like so his biker funny, funny. jacket thing is even funnier than all that. <laughs> but, you know, that's the more deadpan Bobby and you. Like mm-hmm. Yeah. I like you can do both. Yes. Kind of oh my gosh. But that's the thing about Dean Ashbrook is that he can be all things to all people. I was people. just thinking he could do deadpan and broad. I love that. That is amazing. Range. Yeah. He's got the range. Love that, Dean Ashbrook. Love you, Bobby. I can't give you a VP, I guess. So this will be. I don't think. I don't know. It's hard. We'll get there. You haven't decided yet. Wow, yeah. <laughs> really we'll get there. We're just right here. like right now. All right, we're on the LVP. Oh, oh gosh. Yeah. We can do James, right? <laughs> <laughs> If ever there were an episode <laughs> wherein we could do James, it would be this one, but I'm still sticking oh, gosh, with it. Gosh, I got it. it. Because he is the perma LVP. Right. He can't. Well, he earned he that. He pick someone else. He really we're, earns it in this episode. We're really picking the second least valuable person. Oh, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Well, gosh. I mean, I know I've gone with him before. I guess then Ed. I mean, it's a good he doesn't there. bring any value. Yeah, still get Hurley. <laughs> Yeah. It's the Hurleys. It's the right. Hurleys. <laughs> yeah, I've said it before, I'll say it again. The only good Hurley is an Aideen Hurley, and she's only a Hurley oh, she by rules. That's yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't have to be a Hurley. Oh, my God. Yeah, Ed sucks. Ed's such a downer. He was also my LVP. Yeah. His stupid speech. I think when you pointed, or whoever days. pointed out the terrible pillow talk. <laughs> yes, that's, that's me. It's true. Yeah. That's their only scene, really. Mm-hmm. That's Ed's only scene. I hated it. Bad. I'm both I, bored and then later on annoyed with him. I wish I could be bored. I'm just so fucking sad for Norma the whole time. I can't be bored because I'm like, this is Norma's life. 
you're wasting this beautiful woman and this wonderful woman. She's That's how that scene goes for me. Like, Norma's saying stuff, and I'm like, oh, poor Norma. And then Ed's saying things, and I'm like, shut up, Ed. Yes, yes. <laughs> so it's like a yes. very different reaction to who's saying. That's also my experience. Yeah, I was going to say Malcolm, but I think you've talked me into Ed again. Oh, wow, like, yeah. yeah, I like you. Because at least Malcolm, like, furthers the plot. Right. Ed is just, and he gets killed. He's dead. Yeah. Yeah. He's dead. I love it. Yeah, it's just a fucking broken record. And the tragedy here being that we know what's going to happen. It's going to be another 25 years before. Right. Because even though Nadine's like, I'm cool with it, she decides later on that she isn't. I don't know. I think she really is cool with it in this moment. And it's not just the psychosis or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then I think she kind of, like, freaks out later on and is like, I'm scared of change. Mm. And that's why she takes it back. But it's just for a second, and because Ed's such a fucking (laughs) piece of shit, he's like, I gotta do whatever the person who seems the most upset with me (laughs) wants. No, no! (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Ed. Ed sucks. We hate you, Ed. Big Ed. Uh, but let's do everything. This was an easy one for me. Albert. (laughs) Albert rules in this episode. Albert rules. It's true. Albert is a great choice. I think of all the people in the episode, I would have picked Albert as well. But I, I'm going to give it to Diane Keaton. Wow. Wow. Like the direction of this episode. Wow, that's nice. I love that choice. I was going to choose the director of this episode before I knew who it was. Really? Wow. That's awesome. That's a great choice. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) My top three choices were Bobby, Albert, and Nadine. Oh. But because I gave Bobby the fish, that's him checked. I feel like he's gotten his due there. And then I love Nadine in this scene so much. And I love that she gives Ed an out mm-hmm. and if he only just fucking stuck to it and took it everything would have been okay but he didn't so it's not nadine's fault but i think i haven't given it to albert yet so i'm gonna go for uh, albert yeah albert is so yeah. great and i was just so happy to see him and i'm so happy for whatever's going on in his life that's i know exactly <laughs> it's great <laughs> he's just happy doing good police work he brings all those photographs and lays he them does, down. Yeah, Love but I mean, job. he's always doing good police work. Yeah, he doesn't even seem that mad about the four and a half hour car ride from yeah, Seattle. He's, he's great. And he comes in with so much information. Between him and Coop, they figure out Josie shot him. Yeah. Josie tried to murder Coop and definitely murdered someone else. And even though Asian they, man. An Asian yeah, man. Asian Johnny man. Johnny guy. She killed the Asian man. <laughs> <laughs> also, it was really funny when... He's like, they described a beautiful Asian woman. That's in that picture. That's why it was so funny. Accompanying the picture. <laughs> and it's true that she is beautiful, but the picture is so funny. <laughs> Police gets just so... Can you imagine? Every, I can't think of, like, something I would be worse at than, like, if I had to describe someone by a police sketch. I want to try this game. I know. Or if I was the sketch artist, what would mine be? You know, that's a pretty lady. lady. I know. I'm like doing it. Yeah, that would be her. (laughs) It's a beautiful lady. Police are looking for a beautiful lady. Oh my god! But like that would be so impossible to like describe a person for another person to draw them. The drawing looks like that person. Like that seems literally. (laughs) Impossible. 
Has that ever worked ever in history? Like, yeah, but somehow people are good at it on TV and in real life. I think. Yeah, there's real life police sketches <laughs> that are effect, like the Ted Bundy sketch, the Ted like Bundy really one. Like, yeah, the, uh, the Unabomber one. No, oh, yeah, <laughs> it's just a hoodie and sunglasses. Right. <laughs> Have you noticed how everybody looks like the Unabomber? <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's a good point. <laughs> anyway, Anyways, we finished Albert. Albert, Albert and Diane Keaton are good, big winners. Good to see Albert. Yes, right. we love you. Good work, guys. It's uh, party night again, Thursdays at 9, and I, I can't thank you all enough. Uh, Coop has uh, really been instrumental in getting Twin Peaks back. So, um, hip hip hooray, get yourself some pie, be careful of drinking and driving, and, uh, and uh, um, hope you enjoy the shows. Thanks again. Bye-bye. Really Weird Stuff is hosted by Annie Malone and Jessica Baxter. Music by Julie Cruz, Angelo Badalamente, and Jessica Baxter. If you enjoyed Really Weird Stuff, please take a minute to rate and review us on your favorite podcast app. Follow us on Instagram at Really Weird Stuff Pod, on Twitter at Really Weird Pod, and on Facebook at Really Weird Stuff Podcast. Thank you for listening.